Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success when you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. You will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. J.R. Spear. J.R. Spear. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of our Daily Creep Podcast Show. And today, I have Max Garcia. Max is the only former U.S. Marine Sergeant Major speaking in Australia, and it is an Amazon number one best-selling author with Joe Vitale, who was featured in the movie The Secret. Having led the largest operational battalion in the Marines worldwide, Max used leadership stories from Iraq and Afghanistan to providing inspiring presentations to audiences, which have included, but not limited to, the West Tigers, members of the Parliament, Congress, businesses, professional golfers, universities, and radio. So welcome, Sergeant Major Garcia. Thank you so much for being on our show. I'm excited to learn more about you, your story, and what you can do to provide our audience. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's an honor and privilege, especially to be with someone from 2-4. Yeah, hoorah. Uh, so definitely have a lot of history there with uh with two four and stuff like that. You were with two four for a period of time too, weren't you? Uh, no, I've never been with 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 second battalion, fourth Marines. I've been with uh no a few different battalions, but not that one. Okay. Well, I, I mean, kind of leading into it, I want to know more about your story and kind of like what led you to where you're at today, because now you're an aspiring speaker. You're out there, you you have a book, you're talking to people, you're leading people, you're leading businesses. And just kind of making a huge impact in the world, all from Australia. Even though from you're from uh, my backyard and in the Northern Virginia DMV area, Maryland. So, uh, kind of tell us how you got started and wh- and what led you to where you're at today. Yeah, sure. And you know, too, to clarify, I forgot I did deploy with two four, but I wasn't part of the battalion. I deployed with second battalion with in support with second battalion fourth Marines. So, uh, yeah, we have history, Jr. What was it with that. a Mew or what was it or a Mew? With the Mew, I was with the thirty first Mew. That's oh, right. what, what year was that in the 31st Mew? Uh, 2014 to 2017. Okay, that was so, way after. So like the, I know right before I deployed, I was with the 15th Mew and 2-4, they were with the 31st Mew, I think, but that was in 2005, I think it was. Uh, yeah, was it was like, yeah, so I just missed it. So they came back from deployment and I and like the, the week that they got back from the 31st Mew, I got with two four, then we started doing our workups, and then we went on the fifteenth mu, and that's September of two thousand six. Yeah, magnificent bastards. Hoorah. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, sorry, I changed the subject there. No, I, I love it. So, kind of, kind of take us through your story. Like, I, I want to know what brought you. I mean, we can kind of go through your your Marine Corps history and your story from there. What brought you to the Marine Corps? But honestly, what really brings me where where I'm very interested in is what led you. To becoming the speaker and the entrepreneur that you are today. Yeah, great question. So I can boil my pinpoint to start speaking down to one certain time period of my life, and that has to be the summer of Iraq in 2004. Uh, because, well, the short version is because on September 11th, 2004, uh, my Marines and I were attacked. Uh, one of them got hit in the face with a with a pole mounted bomb, better known as an IED, improvised explosive device. The next day we were attacked again. Uh, A couple of the Marines almost bled to death. 
one of them lost a foot and my platoon commander who I was very close with, who was with me when I met my wife, Carolyn, uh, my platoon commander was killed in action. And then the next day we were attacked again when similar to two, four that you were with JR, when we got hit by a, a suicide bomber, a car bomb the very next day. So three days in a row getting attacked pretty bad. Now that day was so bad that it, it required a helicopter that we filled up with casualties and still couldn't fit everybody onto the helicopter, just to give you an idea of how bad it was. It was the loudest noise I've ever heard in my life. And because we couldn't fit all the casualties onto the helicopter, we had to medevac them ourselves, ourselves. And it got, it was getting dark. So we had to medevac everybody else ourselves at night. And we had to go through this area called IED Alley. And it was, it was halfway between Baghdad and Fallujah. Anyways, as we were heading out that night, I will never, I'll never forget more IEDs going off, more small arms attacks. And I remember this one moment where I was shooting my rifle out of the passenger side of a Humvee. It felt awkward because I was shooting, you know, left-handed. Yeah. For all, for all those in Australia, you know, we drive on the right side. Here in Australia, they drive on the left side. So for all my Australian brothers and sisters watching, so I'm shooting out of the passenger side, left-handed, and I'll never forget feeling awkward, feeling scared. And I remember telling myself I had a moment that if I make it out of here alive, I truly am going to make the most of myself and this life. And later on, I decided that I was going to also help as many people as possible to do the same. And then quickly, my sphere of influence grew from running a platoon of 50 to uh, you know, to a hundred Marines and then taking 300 Marines to Afghanistan. And then ultimately somebody saw something to me and ended up becoming the Sergeant major for the largest operational battalion in the Marines worldwide. And it was during that time was when I wrote the book with Joe Vitale, who was in the movie, the secret. And it was uh, during that time that yeah, I made a conscious decision that I knew for certain what I was meant to do for the rest of my stay on the planet. Because if I didn't, if I didn't, pass on what helped me to be successful, what helped me to overcome PTSD, what helped me to, to be successful despite, by the way, uh, being born in Mexico and adopted by Americans, never known by a biological family, struggling in every grade in school. I mean, every subject, every grade, every year. I guess what I'm getting at everybody who's out there listening is if I can do it, you can do it. And I felt very compelled to share what I learned would help me to be successful with people once I finished with the Marine Corps. Yeah. When you were, I mean, uh, totally off subject, but where, where were you at in 2004 in Iraq? Fallujah area. Well, I also, um, Fallujah, but we also did time in Al Qaim. We also did time up at the border in, in Huseyba and, uh, where's, where's the other place at? Um, Oh, it's on forgetting now, but we were, we were kind of all over the place. See, I was with AAVs and we carry infantry battalions. Yeah. So we're, we're carrying people, supporting people wherever. We also did patrols between uh, Fallujah and Baghdad. If you remember that route, yeah. Michigan and route mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the only reason why I asked because in 2004, the battle of Ramadi with, uh, with, with two, four, they lost a ton of Marines. Now, granted, I wasn't with them at that time, but the Marines that I deployed with and, in 2006, I, I heard so many stories about it. It was just, it was the biggest bloodbath bath that you can imagine. And that, so when you're saying you crossed paths with two, four around that time frame, I just, I wondered if it was 
around that same time of that battle of Ramadi. Cause that was a, that yeah. was a tough time. So, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for your service and, and doing that and contributing. I know you definitely gave many years of your life, especially to reach the rank of a Sergeant Major. And if you, if, if anyone listening to this, if you don't know what a Sergeant Major is, they're the senior enlisted personnel within the, the Marine Corps. And so it's a huge honor just to have you on my show and be able to talk and share a little bit about your stories and that you're here to even be able to share it. I mean, because we, we all know that if you've gone to combat, you've gone to war in some capacity, you don't come back the same. And you and we, we definitely, I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like I even owe my other brothers that are with that I can't waste this life, just like what you said. It's like we, we have a purpose and a reason to go out there and do it. So, um, yeah, so thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Yeah. So coming back from, you know, the military and you get now, I mean, kind of to walk us through, like, what is your mission now? You got your purpose. You, you're talking about in September of 2004, you, where you had that, that calling saying, Hey, I don't want to waste this life. And when kind of walk us through like what you're currently doing now and what you're doing to make an impact and that, that led you to where you're at. Yes. So now, uh, my favorite thing is to work with corporate, anyone in corporate to, to help them because you figure the corporate leadership structure is very similar to the military leadership structure. You know, you have your executives at the top and then the next layer of leadership and the next layer of leadership. So I absolutely love speaking to uh, corporate type businesses, whether that's a team building day, a training day, a learning and development day, or uh, an event like such as a reward ceremony, a, a banquet, a ball, a gala night. Um, I love doing a, a wide variety of things for a wide variety of audiences. Do you guys do the Marine Corps ball out there in Australia? They do down in Canberra, which is the capital. The okay. MSG Marines put it run down there, but I haven't been to it yet because of COVID. Oh man. Yeah. That my first date with my wife, I, I was, uh, I was the battalion RP at, at OCS in Quantico. The, our first date was the Marine Corps ball in 2004 at, in Quantico, Virginia. So <laughs> that, and now, that's a pretty good recipe. Yeah, well, this year we will be uh, on our our anniversary of our first date. My wife will be able to say that we've been together longer than we've been apart. All right, we've we've been together longer than yeah than than apart for that. So it'll be eighteen years this year since that day, which is which is really cool. So when you're talking to these corporate people and these businesses and the leaders and talking about military leadership, what are some of the big uh, talk the talking talk or talk points that you give and like why would they hire you? Yeah, great great question. I tell you, the popular thing right now is this term that you hear, especially in the U.S., called, what is it, the Great Resignation, where, you know, because of COVID, everyone's gotten far too comfortable enjoying being in a, working from home, being all cushy where you don't have to get dressed. You can just work from home in your boxer shorts. And then now all of a sudden the boss says, okay, everyone's getting vaccinated. Things are getting back to normal. Okay, we need you back in the office. So people are quitting their jobs at the cyclic rate. So one thing I like to do is I love it when corporate books me for leadership presentations. I consider leadership my specialty because the, well, the, the last battalion that I had, we were 1,200 people strong. So maybe, yes, I, I, of course, I do not have experience in corporate. Being, I've never been a CEO or a vice president or anything like that. However, I've been responsible for similar numbers of people or much bigger, again, up to 1,200 so I'll, I'll come in a lot of times they'll hire me to do a leadership presentation. And now me per- personally, I love to do a leadership presentation. I call uh, leadership and loyalty because part of the reason that people are quitting their jobs 
so quickly is because they have no loyalty to that organization. And you know, JR, from being in the Navy, being around the Marine Corps, we purposely do things to create loyalty, unity, what we call esprit de corps and all these other things so that people won't just flick you off and could care less about the person to their left or to the right. And that's what's happening in corporate right now. People are, are quitting or they're calling sick unnecessarily. They're, they're looking for the jobs, even though they have a good job. And the reason is because the people at the top do not take specific steps to create uh, loyalty, to prevent people from wanting to just jump ship for $10,000 more a year. And yeah. So I come in and I'll, I'll do a leadership presentation specifically on how to create loyalty. Yeah. So two things I want to piggyback on is one, you know, I consider the Marine Corps the greatest business in, that's ever been created in the world. And the reason why is because they know how to create leadership and loyalty, but they, there's a system for every system. So, I, I mean, even though I only spent four years in the military, the, what I've learned from those concepts, I've been able to transition them to business concepts that anyone can implement because they know how to build structure. They know how to build systems and they know how to build a business. So I look at the Marine Corps as like the greatest business that's ever been uh, existed because of the systems and processes and how to actually do it, even from recruiting. I mean, that's the sales job right there on how to recruit and convince yeah. someone, hey, give up your life to come here and do this. And the fact that you've been able to like lead a whole battalion into, into war, I mean, gosh, you got more leadership skills than probably any other person that run into a whole corporation. I mean, that's the greatest honor and, and probably the hardest job that anyone can do because you got how many lives not just a job of someone that's sitting behind a desk and with a computer, but how many lives that people are relying on you to make sure that we are coming home safe. And I know with uh, my Sergeant Major, and unfortunately he, uh, he ended up getting killed in the same suicide bombing that I was in, in on February 7th of 07, but he was, he was the Marine Marine. Like he was he, every person that knew him respected him and loved him. Even when he came down hard on him, it's like, you, you knew that he was your daddy. Like he, he wanted to take care of you. And it was the, it was the greatest <laughs> It was the greatest respect, the greatest honor. And he was like one person that even today I'll look up to it. And when, when they, when Marines go around saying once a Marine, always a Marine, gosh, I, w I can't call myself a Marine, but that's all I know. Like I, even though I went to Navy boot camp, spent a little time with the Marine Corps. And even today, like the stuff that I've learned and instilled from the Marine Corps is like, you're a changed, completely different person. And we have a different sense of respect for other people. You talk about the left and the right. I mean, I think that stays with you. It's like you take care of your own. You take care of your family, take care of your brothers. And uh, talking about corporational leadership, is it's a powerful thing, which brings me to my next topic or question that I want to bring up to you. When you're talking about loyalty, which is a huge thing, what are some concepts that you start with when you're with this corporation and you're teaching them about loyalty? So like what, what should, if, if someone's listening on here and be like, you know what, I am struggling with retention on keeping my employees, what can I do? to keep them longer so I don't have to keep going through the training process. So I don't have to keep going through the recruiting process to be able to figure out on keeping my, my business alive because I keep losing people for 10 cents or $10,000 or whatever it may be. But I want to keep the people with me. What is your process and what can someone do to walking away from listening to your process, to your system? Yeah. Great, great, great question. Uh, so I have a presentation, like I mentioned earlier, I call it leadership and loyalty and it's a 10 point system, 10 points, specifically just to create loyalty. Now, I'll, I'll go over a couple of those points right now, very quickly. Uh, anyone out there is welcome to contact me for the rest. I'm thinking I'll I, maybe I can squeeze in a point or two out of the 10. So three things I recommend. I'll, I'll go real quick. Three things I recommend. I wasn't expecting this, but three things I recommend is 
engaged leadership, intrusive leadership, and servant leadership. Making it a point to practice those three concepts right there will make a massive difference, will, will help people to realize you care. Now, I'll, I'll very quickly explain what the differences between the three are. So engaged leadership. A lot of times at work, uh, leaders, we just walk past employees and don't say a thing. Or maybe we say, hey, good morning, Bob. Good morning, good morning, Jane. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? And that's all they say. They just walk past. And in the Marine Corps, we're big on engaged leadership. I recommend that if you're in some sort of leadership position, you should never, ever walk past any of your employees without saying something. And I know we're busy. We're especially all busy in 2022, but it's a considered an investment of time. Now, again, I recommend, though, not just saying hello, but a quick chat. So if I'm walking past, uh, if you're walking past one of your employees, I recommend you to, hey, what's up, Chris? What did you do this weekend? And I recommend that you have a quick chat and ask questions that start with a W, who, what, when, where, why. Because if you just go, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Then you've gotten nowhere. But say you walk past, here, here's an example. Say you walk past uh, Jane at work and you say, hey, Jane, what'd you get up to this weekend? You're just having a casual conversation. Jane says, oh, well, my, my two boys had sports. We had baseball and football on Saturday, but it was my husband's birthday. So that night we went to the city and I took him to his favorite restaurant, which is this Thai restaurant. He's He's from Thailand, so he really likes that kind of thing. So we took him out after my kids' games. Now, that took about 30 seconds for me to say that. That's a, a one-minute chat. But in that one-minute chat, you found out that Jane has two boys who probably are very susceptible to injuries since they play sports. Jane has a husband. Not only does Jane has, have a husband, um, we'll say if Jane said, oh, he, he's my husband's 40th. So then you know she has a husband who's 40 maybe some potential future health issues. I know because I'm in my forties too. And you found out that Jane's husband uh, is an immigrant from overseas, which can pose a lot of challenges when it comes to visa and things. I know because I'm living in Australia myself. So just by saying, Hey Jane, what'd you get up to? What did you get up to? So not, how are you? Good. I'm good. How are you? Now that gets nowhere. But by asking Jane, what did you get up to this weekend? What'd you do this weekend? then you found out a lot of intel just in that short conversation. Now, that's, that's engaged leadership. An example of intrusive leadership is say I come across uh, Bob and I'm having a chat with Bob and I say, so, so um, Bob, you've been working here for, for a week now. How, you know, how are you finding the company so far? You've been here for a month. And so, so Bob, married kids? And, and are you married? You have kids? And Bob goes, oh, well, I'm married, but I don't have any kids. However, uh, my wife is pregnant. We're due to have a baby in September, right? And now you could just say, oh, congratulations. You could just say walk, congratulations and walk away. But here's a bit of intrusive leadership for you. You say to Bob, you say, hey, Bob, you know, is this, is this your first kid? Is this your wife's first kid? Yes. Okay, well, hey, Bob, I highly recommend that you take one of those new parent support classes that they offer at the YMCA or at the hospital because – brother, I know your family and friends and everyone's like, oh, it's so great. You're going to have a baby. Congratulations. But guess what? It is stressful as heck. And they, when they don't stop crying in the middle of the night, it's going to create so much stress. And, and I can tell you how hard it can be. 
sometimes. But if you take one of these new parent support classes that teach how to bottle, teach how to swaddle, um, teach how to, to keep the baby happy so that you can be happier as a parent. Now, this is engaged, excuse me, intrusive leadership because you kind of got to intrude a little bit. You kind of got to ask, do you have kids? Do you ever have kids? Hey, you taking one of those new parent support classes? Now, this is just a quick example, okay, JR, of, of no, I love intrusive it. leadership. Really you kind of got to ask, you got to gotta dig a little bit. But I know you got to be careful because you don't feel like you're intruding, but intrusive leadership is good to a certain degree. Now, by servant leadership, I would simply take that one step further and you say, you know what, Bob, where, where do you live at? And Bob says, oh, yeah, I live just outside of St. Louis in Merrickville. And you say, you know what, Bob, you know, I know somebody who works in the hospital over in that area. Let me do some digging, see if I can find out something to get back to you. And you come back to Bob, you see him that afternoon, took you two seconds to Google or to contact, use your contact point of contact, because you're the boss, you have all kinds of contacts. And you say, hey, Bob, um, I, I did some digging, and I was able to find where they offer these new parent support classes in your area. Here you go, I printed this off for you. And by the way, I also emailed you the link to it, so you can just quickly forward it to your wife. I highly recommend it. If they give you a tough time, or they say they're full, let me know and I'll, I'll contact someone I know. Bob is going to be over the moon that you care enough about him to Google something for him for five seconds and click the print button and then do take another 10 seconds to hit send. All from having a quick chat. Maybe your total invested amount of time is five minutes, maybe. Hmm. But now you just saved hours and hours and days where you don't have to go and find someone later because when Bob is offered uh, when a recruiter approaches Bob on LinkedIn and says, hey, I can offer you $15,000 more plus uh, a cell phone or something like that so that we can blow you up at night. Um, when Bob is debating on leaving, he's going to stick around because he knows you actually care about him as a person. So uh, those are examples. Just again, those are about two to three points of my 10 plus point system, engaged leadership, intrusive leadership and servant leadership. Can't say speak highly enough about those three things. Yeah, those, those are powerful. And it, it makes me think of a couple of different things. For one, like when I was being an RP, one thing that I, I really strive to do is, you know, especially when I was at OCS more than anything, because when candidates are going through or when, when they're going through as a candidate, you know, they don't get a lot of smiling faces. That's like boot camp for people going through trying to become an officer. And here yeah. uh, you got the chaplain in the RP that's going out there and I'm trying to have the biggest smile on my face while we're doing a night hike, you know, going 12 miles and leaving at, you know, O-Dark 30 or whatever it may be. And I'm just trying, my, my whole goal for those candidates is trying to get to know each one of them by name. Cause right now they're looked at as trash and dirt or whatever, because they're, they're, they're not, they're like not even human beings at that, at that time. So for me, it was like when, whenever I can call one of those candidates out by name and remember who they are or something about them. And it goes back to like, what you're talking about the engagement leadership and the names and stuff like that. They're, they immediately like their eyes open up. They, they can't talk, but their eyes open up. They smile. They remember me. They, they respect me. And it, it, it immediately gets that connection and they respect me that much more. And uh, one thing that I've learned as an entrepreneur is the one thing that people value most in life is their own personal name. And the more you can help elevate someone else in their own name and who they are, the better it is, uh, the more they're going to respect you. The other thing that while you're telling me that story, it makes me think of like when I was doing some B2B sales, there was one of my clients, he, uh, he owns a big ware a furniture warehouse or whatnot out here. And he has hundreds of employees. And he always, you know, every time I would go see him, he was always dressed really nice. And he had the hard workers down there driving the forklifts, lifting the furniture, putting furniture together, sending them out to, uh, to their, their customers, getting them on the trucks and stuff like that. 
he was always dressed super nice and going out there, but he would always make an effort every time to go on the floor and where the warehouse is, where the, the operation people is. And he would go and just, uh, just go talk to him. But he knew like everyone's personal name. He knew what type of activities that they were going on, where they were, what they were doing on the weekends, who their family is, having kids, whatever it may be. And he pointed out, and you can definitely tell the loyalty from the people there and people stayed. And you could tell that those people really cared and loved what they do, even though they're working in the middle of a hot warehouse doing grunt work that is not fun at all, but they love their job because they felt respected by their leadership, by their boss. And so while, while you're telling me that, that that story just immediately started popping in my head, because I'm like, man, if we all started doing that in some capacity and respecting the people that helped us build our team to build our business, whatever it may be, uh, and like how much longer than they stay with me? I mean, just making those little efforts can make a big difference. So I think those three things to loyalty leadership is powerful. The engaged, intrusive, and even the the servant leadership. And if anyone's listening to this, you know, if you don't do any of those right now, that should be something that they should start with. Right. And I tell you something too, uh, for, I know this can be challenging if you're in charge of more than a hundred people. Once you get over a hundred people, the dynamics start to change quite a bit. Once you get over a thousand, the dynamics really start to change. But I'll say this though, if you're in charge of say 50 people or less, not only should you know their names, you should know their spouse's names, their significant other's names, their kids' names, what they did before they got to you, what their future intentions are, what they want to be when they grow up, what they want to do, because they're not going to stay with you forever, most likely. What, what's their future intention so that you can support them in it, even if it doesn't have to do with That's you good. because it will create a sense of loyalty. But again, 50 people or less, you should know everything about them, what their hobbies are, if they can play the guitar, what kind of music they like to play, all that's through little one-minute chats every day. And one thing that will help is if anyone out there listening, if you contact me, I'm pretty easy to find on social media. I'm most active on, I'm most active on Instagram and LinkedIn, uh, even Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. I even have a TikTok account because believe it or not, I know <laughs> TikTok's kind of funny, but I didn't have TikTok because they say, Hey, you know, these kids that are on TikTok now, they're going to be the ones hiring you to speak tomorrow. But if you find me on any social media platform and send me a message, I'll send you, I got to find it, but I'll send you this questionnaire. Uh, whenever I was a company first sergeant in Spain, uh, I had a, a pretty good sized company that was platoons that rotated. So I'd give this questionnaire out to Marines as they got there. And it said, where are you from? What are your hobbies? Uh, Your future intentions, things like that. And you'll be surprised what you have in contact, or excuse me, what you have in common with your people. So then when you make contact with them on the floor, you have a chat, you can bring that up and they will be shocked that you remember it. Kind of like you said, JR, thus creating more loyalty, less employee turnover, um, less having to hunt for someone who's going to, you know, do slack work for you. Yeah. Well, recruiting and recruiting and training is the two hardest things I think as, as a boss right now, it's like, okay, if you lose someone, how much money and time is that costing you to be able to find someone? And then how much money and time are you losing? Because you got to spend the time training those people then in hopes that they're going to stay with you longer. Uh, I mean, that's, it's a constant battle that I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs. So uh, taking these small steps to be able to do so is definitely going to be crucial for the business. And I, I definitely appreciate that. I've learned a lot on, on just those few different tips that you got. And I'll definitely be posting your social media links and stuff. And I'll give you an opportunity to be able to uh, share where to find you at the end. But um, you know, kind of kind of moving on with, with our episode, one thing that I really love to know is like, what is every, everyone that I interview, I ask them this one question, what is your creed? Like, what is the one thing that you're most committed to that you're going to be resilient to push through even through the most difficult times that you're going to show up every single day, giving your best and having the emotional, physical discipline to complete 
your mission. Do you know what your creed is? Yes. Yes, 100%. I, I don't necessarily call it a creed or have it doesn't sound cool. However, uh, is is building my speaking business. You know, Jerry, you're a public speaker like like I am. And I got to tell you, uh, a lot of people see me and they see, it, they see me on a stage or they see me speaking here and there and they think oh, everything is peachy. But, uh, you know, I'm going through the whole COVID crisis like everybody else where there's not as many banquets, balls, award ceremony, places to, to speak. People are not working from home. So corporations are not hiring as many speakers to come in and do a, a training day or a team building day because a lot of people work from home. So it was, it was very, you know, um, I was on the fence at one stage, Hey, you know, do I just give the, forget the speaking thing and go get a job? Cause I could get a pretty good job job. You know, I've got the high clearance and all that good security clearance, all that kind of stuff from the Marine Corps. Um, but however, I feel compelled, like I mentioned earlier to share what helped me to overcome adversity and achieve success. I feel very compelled to share it. Uh, I feel like it's my life's purpose. So I'm committed to getting booked on stages uh, no matter what. No, and, that, and that's powerful. And and honestly, just just having you on my show to be able to do that and hear more of your heart and just kind of the, the skill set and the systems that you're creating from leadership, it makes me want to learn more. So it's like, it's like, man, I, I want to know those other seven steps and hear that presentation and what and what you're doing and be able to do that. So if anyone's listening to this and you guys own a corporation or a business and you want to be able to improve your leadership for your guys' employees and your staff and just re- increase the retention for it, man, I mean, you, you don't need to have him uh, in person, but you know, hire, hire Max as a virtual person to, to be able to speak to your employees and, and get that going. Technology allows for a beautiful thing or bring him in. You know, I'm sure he'll want to travel and come see you and, and be able to speak to your team. But, you know, you know, just from this little bit that he did share, I think it would be a, a great investment for any of you guys to bring Max into, uh, sorry, Sergeant Major Garcia into your corporation to be able to help and uh, inspire. And, and it would be a great investment for you to increase your retention for that. So thank you so much, Sergeant Major. I really appreciate that. That was, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to message you and beg you for like the other other steps so I can hear it or jump in on, on somewhere where you're teaching it so I can uh, learn from it as well. Because that, that was really, really cool. Um, is there is there any last thing that you'd like to share with the audience that they can walk away with and kind of something to leave a mark to be able to say it? And then also, why don't you share with them the best way for them to get in contact with you? I'll, I'll post them. I'll post your contact information underneath the, the the episode as well. But why don't you just kind of tell anyone where to find you at and then also any last minute you know points that you want them to walk away with? Yeah, for sure. So um, like I said, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm on all social media platforms. If you just Google my name, Max Garcia, my website is maxgarcia.biz. Uh, all my social media buttons are on there. Uh, uh, like I said earlier, I'm most active on Instagram and LinkedIn. You're welcome to connect with me on there. And yeah, I'd love to connect with any of your listeners out there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, uh, Sergeant Major. I really appreciate you having on, having you on as a guest on my show. And uh, until next one, simplify. Thank you for listening to the Daily Creed Podcast Show with J.R. Spear. If you want to get more leads and grow your business, head over to fitprofunnels.com to get your free gift today. That's fitprofunnels.com. And to connect with JR online, check him out on Facebook at jr.spear.3. Or feel free to join the Facebook group at FitProFunnels. And you can also find him on Instagram at jr.spear. 